0: Hello, and welcome to Canada Reads American Style. This is Shauna, And I'm Rebecca. We have a special discussion with our friend from Nova Scotia, Larissa, and she and I both read The Break by Katerina Vermette, and we want to discuss it. So Larissa, I'm going to let you start with some impressions of the story. Sure.
1: So hi again, everyone. I'm really excited to be back to be discussing The Break, which was actually a book club pick for me and it just so happened to also be on your list Rebecca for books you wanted to read and it was a 2017 Canada Read selection so it kind of fit in with everything else so i'm really happy that i'm happy to have read it and then also have the space to discuss it cuz it's a bit of a a story that you almost need to talk about after because there's so much in it uh, did, you, did you find that i felt like as i was going i was like oh good i'm glad i'm going to get to discuss this
0: yeah and It's funny because, so you had not read it before. So when it was on Canada Reads before, you had not read it, correct? I didn't. I didn't. No. Okay. Well, and and the reason I decided to read it was because when we did the interview with Ali Hassan, he said if there was a book, we asked him if there was a book he could defend, which one would it be? And he said The Break. So I actually looked it up and then... I was happy to see that it was on our, uh, in our ebook selection. So I was able to read it like right after he said it. And yeah, I agree. There is a lot, this is a, this, this prompts a lot of questions and discussion I think.
1: Yeah, I would totally agree. So to answer your question on the impression of the book, I, I, <laughs> It's hard to say I really enjoyed the book, but I did. Like, I think it was a really powerful story and I think it was a really important story. And I really did, I'm happy that I read it, but none of it was like enjoyable in the way you'd think of something being enjoyable. But I think it was so important. It brought a lot of stuff to light, I think, and brought attention to a lot of stuff. And I thought it was really interesting, actually, because it's also centered around a Métis family And it has a lot to do with intergenerational trauma, which was a very big theme in From the Ashes, which was one of this year's Canada Reads selections. And he is also Métis. So I thought that was really interesting, having seen his perspective, having read that book, and then seeing this, seeing the perspective in this book.
0: Yeah, that's actually a really, really good point. I don't know that I would have connected the dots on that with uh, From the Ashes. But and I have to say, when I started reading it, I wanted to know what the if the break was real. And so (laughs) I'm a geography major, that was my education. And I went back and I looked it up. And it was wild because I actually I looked at the streets that she had named in the book. And it appears it's all real. And I was able to literally see that break and then see the hydro towers. And I I looked at it like in Google earth and I could literally see everything that she described. And it just added a weird chill to reading the whole thing. It felt, it made it feel so much more real to know that those were real streets, real neighborhoods, the break exists, those hydro towers were there. So it put me really into the story even more i think than the average book would and that was it was kind of chilling in a way to recognize all of that that i didn't
1: realize that it was all a real place that is really interesting yeah
0: because literally she talked about the streets that they went down you could you could basically map where they were walking on the streets and i want to read more about the author's point of view because I don't know, was it based on, like, stories that she grew up with? I mean, like, literally, like, real people that she kind of crafted out of that. It makes me wonder about that.
1: It does. That, I'm willing to bet that if the stories themselves aren't, like, directly from experiences that people she knows, that they're close enough to what is really happening in the communities, that they, they come from somewhere real. Yeah and actually this is that's a really good segue for me to just quickly mention that this is about a group of really strong indigenous women who have all experienced their own trauma and that is a very unfortunately very a very real issue here in Canada and I'm possibly in the United States as well but I'm only aware of the of the issue here in Canada missing and murdered indigenous women they are it's a crime they are crimes that are really um, prevalent and not necessarily even decreasing. And there have been recently, I believe it was Trudeau, but it may have been our prime minister before Trudeau, put out an inquiry on the state of what is happening in these communities and with law enforcement and all of these things. Why are these crimes, uh, which result in you know, sexual assault, people going missing, people being murdered, women from these Indigenous communities. The inquiry report has been released, and I was able to find it online, and I have sent it to you, and I'm going to ask that you please share it within the description of this podcast. But there was also, when I was looking for it, I found a CBC article, and the article was some statements on this issue, but it had, I believe it was about 250 profiles of real women who have gone missing or are murdered, were murdered. And it has their pictures and their profiles and like, they're real people and these are their stories. And I just found that really powerful when I came across it this weekend doing research to do this podcast with you, because I really felt like they were so well represented in this book, The Break, to then have something from actual like real, these are the women that this has happened to, to also be able to share.
0: Does that make sense? Yeah, I you know, I was aware of it. Uh, I mean, I because I know there's the acronym of Murdered and Missing Indigenous Women and Girls. I know there's that long acronym that you see often, and I was aware of it. But, you know, a few years ago, and I don't remember the name of the movie, but there was a movie that was done that I actually saw, and it was about a, a woman, and indigenous woman who was murdered, and, and basically how— it, it's kind of, and, it, and the, whoever directed it, that was specifically, I can't remember if it was a man or woman now, but that was the point that they wanted to make was this is something that continues to happen. It's, I mean, it's, I, I I'm not saying that it doesn't happen here, but maybe we just don't put a name to it. It happens, but we don't put a, a formal name to it. But in Canada, I've even listened to some podcasts about missing and murdered women. And it's just, yeah, you just think to yourself, like what is what is happening and why aren't they, why doesn't law enforcement care or do something And and, and who's doing it? You know what I mean? I mean, there's so many, it prompts so many questions. So when I'm reading this book <laughs> and I have to say, as you mentioned, it's the intergenerational trauma. When you start to realize that it happened to this one and this one and this one, and it's the story of these women's lives, I agree with you. It's not a pleasant story to read, but it was an amazing, profound read that I think every woman should read because I'm t- I've am said this all along. Everybody has a story and whether it's trauma to you specifically or someone that you know or someone in your family, every family has faced things like this. And I just think when you recognize yourself or others you're close to in this In in books, that's when it makes it more powerful, and it makes you feel like you aren't sort of on an island, you know.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, I do have a couple of questions, and I wanted to see get your take on it because this is exactly the reason why I love to read with other people because I come across something that I'm not sure about, and I want someone to help me with the answers. So one of the things I noticed in the book, and this is just sort of a functional part of the story, but or aspect of the story, but I noticed that Lou. And Kukum, or, or, her, or her name is Flora. Yeah, Flora.
1: Lou and Flora. This is my. I guarantee this is my question as well. This is my one thing.
0: Yeah, and rain. Yep. Yeah, they all were in first person, and it was rain as well. So what? What? Like, why? Why do you? Why do you think that? I don't know. I actually thought about that for like a week after
1: I finished this, and it's really interesting. I just read a different book. I just finished another book, and it's the same same sort of thing where it's like multi points of view and there's one person who's in first person and everybody else is in third person. But that one was really clear as to why. Like once I got to the end, I was like, oh, okay, this is the reason. But then I was like, "But if that's the reason here, why did it happen in the break? I think that I know, I feel like I know why Rain was in the first person. And I feel like that's because she starts off each part with like her beyond the grave Like, it's like she's talking to someone else. Yeah. But, but Lou and Flora weren't talking to someone else. And I don't know why, because I thought, like, even if it was just Flora, it's her family. Like, it's her whole downline of family. Right. Except for a few other, except for, like, Tommy and Phoenix. But, so I could see why she would be, like, as the figurehead of the family, But then I don't know why Lou is first person. And I don't, I haven't been able to figure it out. Do you have any speculations
0: as to why? No, it's funny. I do think, because I I think, because I just kind of re-ran through the book so I could refresh my memory. But I do think that when Rain is talking, I think pretty much she's talking to her daughter, Stella. I, I think she's always talking to Stella. And I felt like, That made sense because she's not with us anymore. Right. So she's passed. Yeah. And I thought, okay, it's, it's the way to draw her into the family and keep her part of the family's story and to show that, you know, there was trauma in losing her as well, but she still is a part of this amazing group of women. But yeah, and, and I agree. I agree too, that I think Flora, it made, it made sense because as you said, she's the matriarch and she sort of winds up the story at the end. But why Lou and not Paul, for example? Like, I didn't, I didn't, I just don't get it. I'm not sure.
1: And then, like, I feel like if it was Lou, then, then why not Emily? And why? And then when I was trying to, I was trying to think about like, oh, which ones were the first person so I can mention that on the podcast? I was like, was it Cheryl? Because she's like the grandmother. And then, then I was like, no, it wasn't her. So I don't. I don't know why she was the first person uh, narrator.
0: And I, I definitely want to go back and see if, if uh, the author mentions that. And it's funny because Sean and I were talking and, and we were saying, well, who else do we want to invite to chat with us? And And I will say that we have another one coming up that we're pretty excited about. But. I I do kind of want to see if I can reach out to Caterina Vermette because I would really love to... <laughs> if I can't find the answer. I really hope that w- she will talk with us and we can yeah. find out from you know from her directly because I think that would be important. But
1: that would be amazing.
0: So, did you have any other question, or was that your main question?
1: That was my main question. That was that was the thing that really left me wondering after the fact.
0: So here's the other thing I wanted to talk about because I really sometimes struggle with strong, okay, this sounds really, really bad. So I'm going to try and say it so I don't sound like a monster. I sometimes really struggle with really strong women when men are really marginalized to the point where, I mean, I think it's real. I think it's, again, it's the trauma that all these women suffered at the hands of men Well, not always, but some of them are female. But anyway, I I think about my own family. I always think about this because I came, I come from a long line of really strong women, (laughs) but men are often have been marginalized in my own family. And so I read this book in a, in a slightly different way because in a number of cases, and I wish I had marked it down because of course I didn't at the time, they actually make comments that allude to the fact that men aren't necessary. And I and I always think and which made me kind of wonder when Ali Hassan said he would have defended that book. I kind of wanted to get his take on it because and even like with uh, Paul, she has this really great man in her life. Finally, she's very happy. And then this thing happens with her daughter. And, and of course, she thinks she suspects it's him. And and she's kind of shutting herself off from him. And then, of course, Lou and her partner Gabe, you know, he's kind of gone off to his thing. And then of course, Cheryl's husband, and then Flora's husband. And so in the whole story, men aren't that important. And yet, Lou has two sons. And I was just thinking I don't know, I str- I sometimes struggle with that. I'm not saying it's not true life. I just feel like sometimes I wonder do strong women sacrifice their existence and having them like men be a more a part of their lives. Okay, so I'm going to stop there and just see if you have any comments about that.
1: I get what you mean. I think, though, that their hesitance with really putting as much trust in the men that they have in their lives has come from like their childhood experiences and their trauma, especially because they all seemed to have had trauma bef- like before they were even adults. Then of course they lost rain to the hands of a man who did not get charged. So for this particular book, I think a lot comes down to just like trust based on the experiences they had. That said, though, I really feel like like I didn't I I wasn't surprised when they were like oh maybe it was Pete who did this, and then I I did appreciate how quickly they were like no no that doesn't make sense like he wouldn't have done that, and I think that it I think that by the end of the story. They were more, I don't know what their term is, but they were more, ex- not accepting, but I think that the experience of what happened to Emily opened Paul up more to Pete and having him there and trusting that he was like, quote unquote, one of the good ones. I think that, unfortunately, the community that they came from, the the men uh, were they were parts of the they were parts of gangs and they drank and they, you know, lived in the woods and it, that wasn't the life that they wanted for themselves and so I think that's where that came from in this particular story and I also think that it's incredibly ironic that what happened to Emily was not at the hands of men exactly right like I there was a statement made there I think because. Not only, I think that it's a lot of it has to do with all of that intergenerational trauma because of what happened to Phoenix's mom at the party while she was there with Lou and Paul and Stella. What happened to her led to Phoenix, and led to Phoenix's upbringing, with, which led Phoenix to be a very troubled youth. and And she ended up pregnant herself, which is just going to pass on all of that trauma to her child. And then she was the one who conflicted the pain onto Emily because she felt all that pain herself. and But that was none of that had to do with men, except at the first point when, I can't remember what her name was, her mom at the party was assaulted.
0: Elsie. I wrote it down. Elsie was her mom, yeah.
1: Elsie. I was going to say Elodie, but Elsie, yeah. So, yeah, so I think that that, I think that was very purposeful, especially because the families intersected, right? Like, Elsie was oh, at the yeah. party with, yeah. Stella Lou and Paul was assaulted, ended up assaulting her like one of their children without really even knowing it, I think. But I think that that was like having that pain be inflicted by another female was again very purposeful.
0: Yeah, and I hadn't really I mean I I mean I thought about it but not as the way in which you just said it is really true. I mean I really love that because it wasn't, the trauma wasn't perpetuated by a male. So it, it kind of cut the line right there and just shows that, yeah, the the trauma that, you know, Elsie went through and then Phoenix went through, it has to come out somehow. And, you know, I, years ago, a million years ago, I was watching this documentary and it was about a young boy who had been really, really abused in his family's you know, when he was growing up and he was just, I mean, he was a little guy and he was so abused and then he was killed by his family. And their whole point in the documentary was, you know, in a way he was lucky to have been so abused and then to have died because they said, we have so much sympathy for a child who is abused and dies. But that same child who is abused and grows up and kind of becomes a monster, we have no sympathy whatsoever. And I just, and that, I kind of started looking at people who create, who cause horrible things to happen to other people. And you know, they come from, you know, horrible situations. They were abused themselves, et cetera. It makes me look at them differently. And I almost always think when I read stories about people who are, you know, bad things happen to them. And you look at the one who did it, I often think, what was his or her life like? And that documentary changed my whole perspective about it, because that same little boy that was murdered by his family, had he survived, we certainly wouldn't have felt the same way about him if he, you know, if he kept the cycle of violence in, you know, going. So, I, so that's why when Phoenix at first, until you know what her story is about her mother, you can almost feel like, what the hell, you know? <laughs> like, it's really, she's such an evil person. Yeah. And then you hear her story and all the connections with the family. Oh my gosh, it was amazing. It, it's it's a really, it's a really, it's an amazing book. I I, I and like you said, I can't. I want to say I love it. I didn't love the, what what we have to talk about in discussing it, but it's and it's a it's an amazing read. So.
1: Yeah, it's a really well put together, well thought out story. The connections like even right down to the sons there, the Sunny and I don't remember the other boy, them leaving at the end to and like having the bandana slip out of the pocket and they were really involved in a gang and it was the other gang and like you can just tell that the story's not ending at the end of the story. Like they have lives that will be continuing on after and Although, the healing at the end, going and doing the sweat lodge and and all of that was really important as well. Having Cookum die at the end, after Stella comes home, all of that, like, it's almost like it clues up some of the story but not all of the story. But it really, it really, it's a story about, part of it at least, is about a story about coming back to your roots. And like, and who you are and like embracing who you are and having that be part of your healing where with, both with them going to the sweat lodge and, and doing that and kind of healing that way. But then also Stella didn't go to the sweat lodge, but she came home to cookums and, and was with her and then helped clean out her apartment after and things like that.
0: Yeah. The Stella, the Stella character I really thought was interesting because obviously in the beginning she witnesses something and then the fact that it's connected to her own family, I mean, that was just an incredible part of the story, and it makes you wonder if it's like you said the story continues. so I kind of want to know what happens to all of them, right? <laughs> i sort of i'm not ready yeah, exactly. I'm not ready to let them all go because i I just thought each one of them, in fact, when I was doing my little rating for it. I gave, I gave the book overall, like in all my categories, I gave it a nine. I really, really loved it. But boy, for character development, I gave it a 10 because these characters I thought were so well fleshed out. And I don't often, when there's a lot of characters in a story, I sometimes struggle with who's who. And I really, they were so well drawn that I kept them in my head. I knew who they were, you know, they, it stayed with me. So
1: I agree completely. And I thought it was really interesting that Stella was like you said she witnesses this awful thing happen and ends up being part of her family But she actually she lost her mom and so she, i don't think i think that the way the story is kind of told she didn't experience any sort of assault or abuse or herself but she kind of experienced it all by proxy and then also had her mother essentially killed by someone and then blamed on her mother but then she tries to, she tries to leave. And that's why the whole coming home thing is important. But she tries to leave, even like marries, has a family. And then also because of where her husband wants to buy the house, doesn't really get away from any of it. Like she physically is still close to it. Not even that like she needs the connection or she, you know, is experiencing some, some loss of family, but she like physically ends up living very close to the community she grew up in.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Do you think besides the fact that there was a geographical place in, it's Winnipeg, right? Now I can't remember if that's where it was set. Winnipeg? I'm not sure, to be honest. No, I can't remember. Gosh. Anyway, besides the fact that there was this physical area called the break, do you think the break, the title means anything beyond just that physical space? I hadn't thought about that, to be honest. I had
1: just kind of thought about it as the space that like the area.
0: Yeah, I kind of... I was kind of trying to determine whether it was just the, you know, the space or if it meant something beyond. And I thought, I'm not sure if it means, you know, could it mean, you know, it sort of ends with the family kind of reunited in a way with Stella back with them. And, and I thought, is it sort of a break from what's been going on? Like, are they going to now not experience the trauma that they've experienced because even Emily is, you know, as trashed as she was physically, mentally, emotionally, I still felt like she could heal from this. You know what I mean? With the support of all the women in her family, the way they came together to be with each other, you know, I sort of wonder if that, if it's like a break from the past. Like a breaking, breaking the cycle. Yeah. Breaking the cycle. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. That, that way. Anyway.
1: I agree that I felt like at the end of the story, I felt like Emily was going to be okay. Like there was hope. Yeah. The story ended with hope for sure. Yeah, Which considering the con- the content, it's,
0: I'm glad it did end with yeah. hope. I was going to say it, it really had to end with some hope. It really did. Yeah, it's true. And that's one of the things I love about strong female characters is that you know that there will be, I mean, the, the very... Strength that they possess anyway means they have to be okay and moving forward. You know what I mean. I, I can't. I couldn't handle any kind of a book that didn't express that those strong women would continue to be strong women. Right. Exactly. Anything? Any other comments about it? any any other points that you want to talk about? No, or
1: I don't think so. I think that like my biggest things were just the the first person third person differences, and then. Just the fact, just to draw to everyone's attention that these represent very real people and a very real issue um, here in Canada. That, And uh, the reason I wanted to bring it up is, and share those links uh, is because and I just feel like, you know, maybe you do hear about it in passing, but no one really seems to understand how prevalent of an actual real problem it is uh you might hear it on the news or you know see it on a headline but or like see even maybe you'll see a picture in someone's front window I I used to run by a house that had a picture of a woman in their front window and there was like a plea like like wishing we had answers sort of thing and and there's a the community I grew up in in New Brunswick has a reserve that has a lot of concerning issues that come out of it I know somebody who works there is a nurse and and these are all very real things that could happen to any of those women on any of those times so just to have just to put out some awareness I really felt it was important to go along with the story because I feel like if we're not putting out the awareness
0: when we're talking about this book then we're completely missing the point I I think that's Perfectly said. I'm not kidding. That's just about as clear as you can be. And I, and I'm glad we'll be happy to put those links in there. And, uh, and I, and I also want to do more research on that myself and and read more about it. Because, yeah, like I said, I was aware of it. But I'm not, you know, just kind of on a surface level. And I want to do a lot more kind of reading about it to understand more, like why it continues to happen and, and what's going on with that. It's just, it's really... I can't even imagine the trauma. And like I said, it's not to say it doesn't happen here, but I don't think in the same way, certainly if it, if it is, it's not getting the same kind of attention that it does get in Canada. So, but thank you for truly thank you for sharing that. Oh, absolutely. Well, I think that kind of wraps up our discussion. I think clearly, I mean, I'm giving the book five maple leaves. I I mean, how about you? What do you think? Absolutely. Yes, for sure. Great because I really feel like everyone should read it. I 100% 100 agree with you on that, absolutely. So well, thank you, Larissa, it's so great to chat with you. And we will, uh, if if you wanna read something else or you've read something, let's talk about it. It's really, we really enjoy chatting with you and uh, getting your perspective. And thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you
1: very much for having me.
0: And to our listeners, if you'd like us to continue providing great content like this, Please rate, review, like, share, comment, and tell all your friends about
1: Canada Reads American Style.